We are on Yevamos, the very bottom of Kufhei Amabez, 105b. And the Gemara now is going through different lines in the Mishnah. And so the next line of the Mishnah is Chalta Bishnaim. It's discussing what happens if you do Chalitza, not in front of a basin of a quarter of three, but you do it in front of two. So there were some that said that works. So we know that in the beginning of the parak of this chapter, which began the whole the whole discussion of Chalitza, uh, there were different opinions. Some said that you need three. Some said that you need five. So here, Amr of Yosef, Barman Yumi, Amr of Nachman. Rav Nachman says, that Rav Nachman says that we don't follow the position that says that two is enough. We don't follow that position. But Rav Nachman already made such a statement. Why would Rav Nachman repeat himself? He just said, we don't follow the position that says you need two. Similarly, you need three. And then elsewhere he says that you need three. That seems to be uh, superfluous. Why would he make the same statement twice? So the Gemara explains, Tricha, we need both statements. You might have thought that when he said that you need three, that was just ideal. It's ideal to have three, but... If you don't have three, you could have two. So that's what he has to say. No, nope, two does not work. That's what he says. Two doesn't work. Uh, what if I had only the statement that two doesn't work? If all we had was the fact that he said that you don't, two is not enough and that you need three, maybe you need three as uh, three works, but maybe you need five. Because if you remember... Rabbi Yehuda was of the opinion that you need five, so maybe we should follow the position that you need five and it's an ideal state. So Kamash Malan, the conclusion is that no, he said both statements to tell you in both directions. You don't need five. It's not ideal to have five. It's not ideal to have, uh, and it doesn't work with two, uh, but it's three. You would always need three. You, you need three as a l'chatchila also, as an ideal also, all you need is three. Now today... Uh, for Chalitza, we try to have uh, more. We try to have the halachas that we try to have up to 10. Uh, come and be a part of it to publicize the matter. Uh, it's very important in terms of that. Just like it's important to designate a location, it's all part of that process of publicizing the matter. Okay, the Gemara continues and says, Maisa Shechalzu, there was a story. Uh, there was a story of a couple, not a couple, a brother-in-law and sister-in-law who did a Chalitza, but they did it alone. Without anybody seeing, and Rabbi Kiva said that that worked. So that was the position of Rabbi Kiva. So the Gemara asks, I don't understand if they did it by themselves. So then, who knows about it? Meaning, do we really trust them that they did this? According to some, they explain, do we really trust them? We need to have witnesses. They can't come to us and say, oh, we already did a chalitza. No, we need to have witnesses that they did a chalitza. That's one explanation. And they're not believed, even though they could do, go ahead and do chalitza again, but still, they're not believed. We actually need witnesses. That's one way of asking the question. Alternatively, the other way of asking the question is that it's not that we need witnesses to tell us what happened, but we need witnesses there, a different form of aegis. There's different types of witnesses. Some of forms of witnesses is just for proof. That was the first way of understanding this. The other way of understanding what are the witnesses there for, it's not for proof, but it's what we refer to as aegis lakiyam hadavar, to establish... A certain context, a certain scenario where there's a there's a higher level of seriousness. You have the witnesses there. It creates a a certain context where they take the chalitza seriously, and it's necessary to have the two witnesses there. That's how someone to explain it. 
So Amr Vidam Rishmo, what happened to the witnesses? Either way, what do we say? The case is where the witnesses are there, but they're outside. They're watching it from outside. They're not inside. They're watching it from outside. Okay. The Gemara now asks the following question. We have the case where they did this in prison, and uh, then they asked Rabbi Kiva, and Rabbi Kiva said that it worked. So they want, the Gemara wants to know, What's the case? Is it that they did this chalitza while the brother-in-law and sister-in-law were in jail? And since they were and, and they were in jail, when it says that they were in jail, it means that the action of Chalitza, the, the Maisa Chalitza, the action of the Chalitza took place in jail? Or is it that, no, they did this outside of jail? Just between the two of them, or as we said, the witnesses were outside, and uh, Rabbi Kiva is the one who was in jail. Who was in jail? Was it the brother-in-law and sister-in-law, or was it Rabbi Kiva? We'll explain why this makes a difference in a second, but Amr Vihidam Rav, Rav says, Both. The Gemara ends up saying both. The action itself took place in jail. The actual act of Chalitza took place in jail. And also, when they asked Rabbi Kiva, he was also in jail. Who cares? Why do we care whether it took place in jail or not in jail? So someone wants to explain. The reason why it makes a difference is because, uh, when, as we mentioned before, there's a value to spreading it and people finding out about it so that she can then go ahead. She's now allowed to marry whomever she wants. So there is a certain value in people finding out about it. And even if, according to Bikiva, who says that it works if nobody's there, but maybe to do it in jail, where it's even more difficult for people to find out about it, they're already in jail, maybe he would say that wouldn't work. No, even in that case, Bikiva says that that does work. So that's why we care whether or not it happened in jail. It's an added chiddush, it's an added approach of Bikiva to say that even if they were in jail, unless people find out about it, it's still viewed as a valid chalitza. Okay. We are now moving to Kuf Vav Amad Aleph, 106a. As we continue in the Gemara's discussion of Chalitza, this is the last blot, the last page, both uh, sides of the page of this chapter. And so after we conclude this chapter, that's really the chapter that discusses the details of the process of Chalitza. And then uh, next week's recording, we'll begin the next chapter. So we are going to, God willing, finish and conclude chapter 12. Uh, this week. So Tana Rabbanan, it's taught in Abraisa, Chalitza Mutas Kshira. We are taught in Abraisa that a Chalitza of trickery, that you are tricking, uh, you're, you're, you're doing some sort of trick to, to trick the brother-in-law to do Chalitza. If you do that, it's kosher. But what does it mean? What trick are you doing? Ezuhi Chalitza Mutas. What exactly are you doing? Two answers. The Gemara will give two answers. It'll give Rish Lakish's answer. Then Rabbi Yochanan will, will reject Rish Lakish, and then Rabbi Yochanan will give his own answer. Amar Rish Lakish. Rish Lakish says, Rish Lakish says that if you tell him, listen, go ahead, do chalitza, let her take off the, the shoe, and then you should know, by doing this, it's like doing yibum. It's like you're married. Don't think this chalitza makes it that you're now separated, and she could go marry whoever she wants. No, the exact opposite. This chalitza is like yibum. Instead of doing yibum, go do chalitza, this is a way of convincing him. He doesn't really want to do chalitza. They convince him. They trick him. And they say, listen, do chalitza. And it's like you're married. They go ahead and do chalitza. And boom, they're really not married. It's really like a form of a chalitza. And they are separated. That's what, the, that's what you tell him. So if Rabbi Yochanan says back, I'm Rabbi Yochanan. How could that ever work, says Rabbi Yochanan. We learned this also earlier. And I, I, I learned... We know that both of them need to have kavana. 
They need to have proper intent, uh, and they have to know what's going on. They both, both the brother-in-law and the sister-in-law, have to know what's going on. Now, there's a discussion. What exactly do they have to know what's going on? Maybe it's just the the act of the act of chalitza and how this chalitza has an impact, uh, or is it the fact that they're completing, fulfilling a mitzvah, or is it the fact that this, what it's creating, the end result of what it's creating, this kinyan, this this uh, change that's occurring, where she's now. There's no longer the zika, and she's allowed to marry whomever she wants. Whatever it is, that's a big discussion amongst the commentators, but you need to have kavana about what's happening, intent of what's happening. Here, he thinks he's doing yibam by doing a chalitza. He thinks he's married to her. That for sure won't work. So Rabbi Yochanan rejects it. Rather, what? We tell him, do chalitza on a condition. It has to be done on a condition. On condition that... Uh, she will give you 200 zuz on the condition that she'll give you 200 zuz, a certain uh, value. And to the truth is, is that a chalitza does not work on condition. That if you do a chalitza on a condition, the chalitza works even if you don't fulfill the condition. You don't have to fulfill the condition. And this is explained based on the Talmud found in a different tractate in Ksubis. It discusses this and it says that because you can't appoint a shaliach, a messenger, there's some sort of connection between not appointing a messenger. You can't appoint a messenger, that, uh, that he can't appoint a messenger to go ahead and do chalitza in his stead. It doesn't work. It doesn't work to appoint a messenger in his stead. So too, you cannot make any conditions on chalitza. Why not? What's the connection between the two? So some of the later commentators, they point out that the fact that you can't appoint a messenger is because you can only appoint a messenger when you're in control of the situation. You're the one who creates this change, such as by getting married or getting divorced, different such scenarios. As we pointed out in the past, chalitza is unique. Chalitza is, happens automatically just by removing the shoe within the proper context and proper knowledge and awareness. It happens automatically. It just happens automatically. It's not the person who's creating this, but just the act itself of removing of the shoe. That's what creates the end result. And so because he's not the one who's in charge... He cannot appoint a messenger. Since he can't appoint a messenger and he's not the one who's in charge, he also can't make it based on certain conditions. Can't make it based on certain conditions. It's like saying, with regards to mitzvahs, you, you just like you can't uh, fulfill a mitzvah on certain conditions, that uh, I'm fulfilling, I'm doing this mitzvah on the condition that, no, you're not, you're not in charge of whether or not you fulfill the mitzvah. It's not up to you. If you do the act, you fulfill the mitzvah. If you don't do the act, you don't fulfill the mitzvah. You can't tell me I'm doing the act, but it's only going to work as a mitzvah on a certain condition. You're not the one in charge to decide whether it's going to work on a condition or not. So, uh, so therefore, even if you say to him, I'm, uh, it'll be on condition that she gives you 200 zuz, even if she doesn't fulfill the condition, the chalitza is a good chalitza. At the end of the day, you did it, and it's a good chalitza. And that's how you trick him. You trick him because he doesn't want to do chalitza. You trick him in this way. Now he does chalitza. He thinks he's getting the money, but he's really not. It doesn't make a difference. The chalitza worked. Tanina Milhachi, we also find this in a similar b'risa. It's exactly this. The price says that it's when you make this type of trick where you say, I'm on condition that I'll give you 200 zuz, you don't end up giving it. It works as a chalitza. And there was, in fact, a story like this. Assistant-in-law fell. Assistant-in-law, the husband passed away. Now she has to do yibam or chalitza with her brother-in-law. And she knew, this guy's not right for me. And so if she's not right, so then we say, uh, so we say to him, and they said to him, "Go ahead and do chalitza on the condition that we'll give you two hundred zuz, or she'll give you two hundred zuz." And she does chalitza, 
And she doesn't have to give him 200 zuz. It works. In the end of the day, it works. There was also the following story took place in front of the rabbi Rabbi Chia, Baraba. Amar Law, he said to the sister-in-law, he said to the Yavama, Biti Amudi, my daughter stand, get ready to do Yibam, let's say, there's different versions for this, but get ready to do Yibam. Amar Lai, she says to him, no, Amy no, I'm not doing Yibam, I'm staying put, I'm sitting down, and I want to do Chalitza. Amar Law, Yadaslay, he says to her, do you know your brother-in-law? Like, what's going on here? What's, what, what's the reason why you don't want to do Yibam? Amar Lai, in all he wants, he wants my money. That's why he wants to do Yibam so that he gets my money and then he's going to divorce me. I'm not interested. I don't want to go ahead and do Yibam. So he, so he says back to him, Chibarba says back to her, sorry, uh, so he's not good for you. not. So he says, so then he goes to the brother-in-law he says, he tells her, to do chalitza, not on the condition of 200, but on the first idea, do chalitza and it's like you're getting married to her. You want to get married to her because you want her money. So do chalitza and it's like we're tricking him and it's like you're, it's like you're getting married to her. So he, that, that's what he tells him, even though earlier we said that that doesn't work, right? We said earlier, no, you have to you have to have the proper intent that you know what's going on here, you know the end result. You can't do chalitza thinking that you're actually married to her afterwards, that that wouldn't work. Uh, but that's what he said. So Amr hashta. Um, basically he says to her he says to him sorry that uh, after he does this chalitza and thinking that they're married by the way you're not married your chalitza even though your chalitza didn't work completely we said that it doesn't work completely because you have to have the proper intent it works enough for us to say you're not allowed to do yibam anymore it's a chalitza psula. The chalitza doesn't work, but it's enough to say, you know what, you already did something, you can't get married anymore, you can't do Yibim anymore. So he says, go ahead now and do the actual chalitza. So he basically tricked him. He tricked him into doing this uh, chalitza, which really doesn't work as chalitza because he doesn't have proper intent, but it works to the point where he can't do Yibim anymore. Now that he can't do Yibim anymore, now he has to do chalitza. He has to do the actual chalitza, and that's a form of tricking him. Okay, next case. The sister-in-law, his wife's, uh, Papa's wife's sister, so her husband passed away, and she falls to her brother-in-law, who was not fit for her. She went in front of Abaye, he said to the brother-in-law, the same idea. Do chalitza, and it's this trick that, listen, after you do chalitza, you're married. You think that you have to do yibam. You have to just do yibam to have sexual relations. No, do chalitza, it's like you're married. So I'm like, your papa, your papa says back, I understand. How, how, how could this work? We just said that it doesn't work. Type of, what That type of a chalitza does not work. So how do you say, so, so how could you say this to him? So I'm he says, So fine. So he changes it and he says, do chalitza? On the condition that uh, she will give you 200 zuz. It's on that condition that she'll give you 200 zuz. Lebazah de chalitza. After she does chalitza, what happens? So she does chalitza. They do chalitza. She's now allowed to get married to whoever she wants. Uh, and she doesn't have to give the, the 200 zuz. She doesn't have to give the 200 zuz in order to fulfill the condition. Yet, Abayi says to her, Amalah, zil havalei. Go ahead and give him the 200 zuz. 
Give it to him. Not because, just to be clear, not because he, this is necessary in order to complete the chalitza. The chalitza has no conditions. But because we made the initial condition, you, you took it seriously. And so you should give him the 200 zuz, nothing to do with the chalitza, but because it's a promise that you took upon yourself. Because you took that promise upon yourself, so then you should go ahead and pay him for it. Not, not because of the chalitza. The chalitza is done, but because that's a promise. that That's your responsibility. You took it upon yourself. Okay. So that's what he tells her. So Amar your papa says to Abayi, I don't understand. Mishatani bachav delay. Milotani arei shayi barech. Mivis hasurim vahaisam avra lefanav. Vamar le told Dina vavirini and lelescharo. Amar le mishatani bachav. Hanam mishatani bach. He says, your papa says, I don't understand. I understand. Obviously, she's not. She could say that she wasn't taking this seriously. The only reason why she did this was to convince him to do chalitza. Parallel to the following case, if you have somebody who runs away from prison and there's a river there and he, he's in deep trouble, he's running away from the authority and he has to get across the river. Again, the prisons that we're referring to here in the times of the Gemara are the, are the, are the Roman prisons, um, uh, potentially, potentially the Roman prisons um, and um, it's a situation where they're put in jail not because necessarily they did anything wrong and so they're escaping to, to, to survive. And so there's a, there's a river, there's a river there. So if uh, the person who has the boat to take you across, they can charge however much they want. They know that your life is in danger. So you say, okay, fine, fine, fine. I'll pay you tons of money for it. Right? That's what you say. So after you get across, you say, no, I'm giving you the standard price. I'm giving you the regular cost. I just said that because I, I had to get across, but I didn't really mean it. So so too over here, she could say that she didn't really mean it. She didn't mean to give you 200 zoos. It's just I needed to get Khalitza done, but I didn't really mean it. And that's allowed. You could say, you could do such a thing if you're just verbalizing it. So then you could say, I was just joking. I wasn't being serious. That's what Papa says. So Amale. So now Abai says as follows: Abaye got got a little flustered here because Papa really had a good response to Abaye. Abaye said that um, Abaye said that he, she should pay, and Papa said no, she shouldn't pay. So Abaye got a little flustered here, and he got upset with Papa uh, because Papa had the answer, and he got upset with Papa, and he really blamed it on his parents because Abaye. This is a historical note. Abaye. Uh, was born as an orphan. His father passed away while his mother was pregnant, and then his mother died at childbirth. Terrible story. But Abai was born without biological parents. He was supported by others. Rapapa had his parents, and so he basically was insulting Rapapa. He says, where are your parents? You must have gotten this from your parents. He says, where are your parents in the city? Where's your mother? And Abaye, not because he wanted to do this, but because he was so upset, and he said, it's because you were supported by your loving biological parents. Um, he had this Ayn Hara, this evil eye that he had on Rapapa, and specifically Rapapa's parents, uh, as a result of this, and it caused the parents to die. Because since Abaye was on such a high level, so he didn't really mean, he didn't mean it, he didn't mean it, and he didn't want his parents to die. But anytime... Someone who's on such a high level, they have such a thought. Uh, so then it has the ability to actually create that into action. And unfortunately, Rapapa's parents died as a result of Abaye's Ayin Hara. Okay, we are in the middle now of Kuvav Manaf 106A, and we'll continue in the next recording.